anxiety is a fear of the future. And why? It's because we can't control the future. When you can address the anxiety, I promise your relationship with food will improve as well. Goodbye diets and hello sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. After more than a decade of dieting, binging, and everything in between, I want to help you heal and rediscover a healthy relationship with food. If you're a millennial looking for some food therapy, I'm here for you. Come with a glass of wine, we'll debunk wellness culture, hormone health, intuitive eating, and more. It's not about the food, ladies. Let's get to what you're really hungry for. Interestingly enough, I've seen this pattern surface quite a bit over the past few years. It's the connection between anxiety and disordered eating. So think restriction and even emotional eating and binge eating. So something about anxiety makes having a healthy relationship with food really hard, especially if you've had maybe a history of dieting. And that got me thinking, why do I see this pattern surface so much within myself and even my clients? And if you think about it, anxiety is a fear of the future. And why? It's because we can't control the future. And so if we fear what we can't control, then we latch onto something that we, we can control. And so for some of us, maybe it's work and pumping out extra projects. Maybe it's a self-improvement project like personal finance. <laughs> so maybe you're work- waking up early and researching investment options. You're diving into something and you're always trying to keep yourself occupied. I see that trend a lot. And then for others of us, maybe it's optimizing your diet and manipulating your food for a certain goal. So food is usually one of the easiest things to control. And I see this in my clients who tend towards being anxious. So for some, anxiety causes lack of appetite and maybe even intentional restriction. For others, the feelings of anxiety can cause stress eating as more of a means of comfort. So maybe you're juggling um, a project with a million pieces or you're feeling particularly shook before a big presentation. Then stress eating comes into the picture as a way of comforting you. You know, I see this manifesting in a few ways and not to say that a person can't swing from one to the other end, but usually I see this pattern. And the most potent combination is actually when someone has a tendency towards being a perfectionist with anxiety. And so that may come in the form of feeling the need to be really clean with food, being a little bit too obsessive about health, and perhaps even feeling bad about going on vacation because that means that the food schedule will have to be disrupted. So all that to say, I see anxiety manifesting in food all the time. And do you see this in yourself perhaps? If so, the question to ask is how to channel that anxious energy elsewhere. You know, what to do when things feel out of control. So for a lot of my clients with anxiety, the one tool that is especially helpful is journaling, where you have an avenue to write down feelings and what's on your mind And when you write it down, you're able to let it out and let it go. So all of your fears, worries, you feel lighter when you can just get it out on paper or even to a friend. 
Another tool is active mindfulness. So because anxiety is a fear of the future, and on the flip side, depression is ruminating over the past, what mindfulness does is it keeps you in the present so you don't feel out of control about the future. So for some of my clients, yoga works wonders because it's a moving meditation. So you're prompted to be in sync with your body and how it feels every moment you're in yoga. For me personally in my healing journey, yoga was instrumental in helping me reestablish what it meant to be in my body. You know, with yoga, I learned how my body felt. With yoga, I was able to notice how my body felt. And so in that in that sense, it was really powerful. For others, it might be straight up meditation where you're really in sync with your mind and giving it space to be present. If you're someone who's into meditation, all the power to you. I think it's an amazing tool as well to let go some of the anxiety and fear. Whether it's a moving meditation like yoga or meditation, staying present is really key when it comes to dealing with with anxiety. And sometimes I feel like my sessions with my clients actually turn into therapy sessions. Those are usually my favorite parts because then we can really explore the root of what's happening. You know, food is a manifestation of what's deeper. So your behavior with food usually is a sign of something below the surface. Just like how therapy is a way to let go of your thoughts and to be heard by someone who can see your life at a distance with an objective lens, they give you perspective and they give you a way to see yourself in a new light. Same with talking to a dietitian who specializes in more so the emotional space with food. You know, talking about your emotions and how it relates to food is a way for you to let go of some of that, for someone else to guide you towards a better relationship with food, to also shed light as to why you may be acting like this with food or why you may feel like this with your body. So talking to a dietitian can be like that as well, where you gain perspective from someone else, a third person to help you connect the dots as to why you are the way you are with food, especially if food and body image is one of the biggest struggles that you have. Getting that voice, getting that guidance can be instrumental in helping you connect the dots because at the end of the day, it's really not about the food. When you can address the anxiety, I promise your relationship with food will improve as well. And this happened to one of my clients who came in with more so disordered eating and a lot of restriction. She started to really brainstorm what helped her stay in the moment. Why was she controlling food on such a grand scale? And when she could identify that it was just a mechanism to not feel as anxious, she could then divert that attention elsewhere. So for her, journaling was really important, playing the guitar and even taking care of her dog and doing Pilates. Those were all things that helped her stay in the moment. So when she felt out of control, she could gravitate towards those activity and not just food. Key in that case was diversifying. You know, diversify your portfolio of tools. With that in mind, your relationship with food will become much easier. And the outcome, she now feels so much better and at peace with food. She no longer is stressed about food in between meals. She doesn't even think about food anymore. She just goes about her day. She's thriving in the activities I just mentioned. And she even mentioned that she has so much brain space and mental clarity that 
she doesn't know what to do with herself. So imagine letting go of all of those, those food thoughts. And maybe that's also what's keeping you stuck is you enjoy that it's filling up some of your brain space because otherwise you have to kind of search for new hobbies and new activities to engage with. So if you want to be free from the food, first diversify your portfolio, have other outlets. And from there, once you come out of the the fog, you'll have things to do. You'll have things to occupy your anxiety. Hopefully that was helpful. And thank you for letting me into your ears. I will see you all next week. And if you found any value in the episode today, I would really appreciate it if you could review, rate, and subscribe this podcast. It would mean so much to me to know what you got out of it. So I will see you next Tuesday, ladies.